It's another mailbag edition of Lockdown Guardians answering your questions. And why are the Cleveland Guardians betting favorites to win the American League pennant? Listen to find out on today's Lockdown Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And also, I'm going to say, we have your team covered every day over here at Locked On Guardians. That's Justin. I'm Jeff. We both have our Locked On gear on we got a lot of questions. I've got some controversial takes coming up. I believe probably more in segment two. So make sure to tune in for that. And without further ado, uh, let's let's dive. Let's dive into the questions. Absolutely. All right. Um, first question is from, I love this Twitter handle, by the way. Spoonge Juice E. The E is capitalized. Spoonge Juice E. Uh, given the timeline of the prospects and the current pitchers in the rotation, what realistically is the best rotation Cleveland might see this year? All right, Jeff. So given the timeline of certain pitchers, what is the best possible rotation Cleveland can see based on prospects? Um, I'm assuming he's not going to advocate for any trades here. Cause you know, I would say Corbin Burns. I am contractually obligated to mention Corbin Burns at least twice a week. Just so you all know there, the, the brewers are going to start sending me stuff too, not just locked on. So. I, I think um, they'll actually be doing the opposite of sending you stuff if you're advocating them trade. You know, oh, say they're going to trade their stuff. They might give point. you a cease and desist. <laughs> Somebody will. Um, All right. What's the best rotation you think Cleveland can roll out this year realistically? Let's just so, keep it internal. Uh, so Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrell, Aaron Savali, Zach Plisa. I'm kidding. Um, Boring. Uh, honestly, though, it's probably, I think, the first four and then the fifth spot. Uh, Bybee is what I lean towards. I, you know, okay. So we're assuming health and everything. I guess the fifth spot would technically be a Spino because I do still believe in the ceiling there. If I don't know if that's realistic, but this seems like a situation where everyone's healthy and okay. And maybe in September, because he had a, <clears throat> a slow rollout to the year, you could have him as a fifth guy because you're helping build up innings. So I don't know if that's the most realistic, but it's basically a Spino or Bybee for me in that fifth spot with those other four with, you know, health being the key for all of those wars. They've all missed time outside of control with issues that health issues at various points in time. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you're saying realistically, I think I'm with you there. That's if everything comes back, you're assuming health. Although if we're assuming health, does Cody Morris factor into those plans? Um, you know, no, just because if we're again, assuming health, just make that the phrase of the day. I still think he is not as the ceiling isn't quite as high as the big three. And, you know, Savali has shown signs of maybe there's a little bit more there. And, um, you know, they obviously believed in him enough to pitch him in the playoffs. And on top of that, they're, uh, you know, if he has a great year, uh, just forward thinking, you're eventually going to, it makes him a very interesting trade asset. But I mean, Morris could push his way in, but it's like, even if you move out Savali, it's, it's like, I still think it's on Bybee and Espino. It's not necessarily Morris for me. 
not a knock on him. Just those other guys are so good. Yeah, I, I think it makes more sense for him to be in the bullpen this year and just given how things are going and, and he's already on the 40 and you have other guys to get on the 40 as well. You know, Logan Allen, Espino. I, I'm not sure how I feel about doing this would be my rotation ideally by the end of the year. I, ideally, it would be, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. It's the normal four plus uh, Tanner Bybee, the fifth, or in any particular order, really. I would I would love it if Tanner Bybee was the the third starter, right, instead of Cal Quantrill. That'd probably be more ideal. I don't know if they'll go that route. But if they were assuming – if they're, if we are assuming health, and Savali is probably going to – stick out the year. I think he just hasn't stayed healthy. So, I mean, that's a, that's a very bold prediction, right? If we're not assuming health and we're just assuming talent wise, like we're, let's assume Savali gets hurt. Let's assume police sack, uh, punches a wall. I don't know. Um, I would punches probably a wall say, while taking off his shirt combines it. Yeah, there you go. Takes off his shirt and then runs into the wall. Cause he does his shirt over his head. I don't know. I would say it's going to be Bieber. McKenzie, Quantrill, I would say Bybee and then Allen. If you're removing the back two, I'd say because they have to get Allen on, on the 40 anyway, and I think he needs to prove that last the hiccup in AAA was that just a hiccup. My only concern is if Williams is coming too fast and you can't avoid it. And like you said, Espino too. If Espino, if Espino gets healthy, I'll say Espino and Allen in the back two, but if, if Espino doesn't get healthy enough, I'll say Allen, but you know, but we could see both this year. You know, Allen, we could see. I think there's there's a, there's a world where we could see Allen, Espino, and Bybee this year if Allen gets healthy. I'm not saying all at the same time, but I'm saying throughout the year. You need a lot I of think, Yeah, but I mean, they also still have Gaddis and Pilkington that they're gonna and Curry. They're gonna want to give some reps to. I don't think both Williams and Bybee make it. I think just due to. 40 man of balance concerns. I'd be surprised if they're adding, because you already have to add a Spino and you have to add Allen. So I think Allen, then it's right. one of the other guys. I think, I don't think they're going to add four starters with their log jam. Like, and they also believe in giving guys opportunities. I mean, how many chances have we seen starters staying in that starter role for a few years that, you know, of, of data. So I think that, you know, if one of them make it by beer Williams, the other is not. Or or Logan Allen is in Milwaukee because the Guardians traded for Corbin Burns. <laughs> um, and this is a, a follow-up to it. He said, too, uh, sponge juicy, spoonge juicy. If it's the same starting five throughout the entire season, how do you view that as an outcome? So is it a good thing if, if Cleveland ends the year with yeah. the five they have now, or is it a bad thing? No, that means like everyone was healthy. Everyone performed super well because you had to move on, even though you do have someone like Logan Allen who you're going to have. I mean, we saw last year. They have no problems adding a guy when they know they're going to have to add him anyways. So if you end with all five, then that means all five performed well enough and stayed healthy enough. And then that means you enter this off season where you're going to trade two of that, those five likely you're going to probably look to move on from one of Saval and please Savali and please because they get more expensive. And then you're going to trade Bieber pretty much no matter what. So uh, yeah, I think that's the best possible outcome. If, if we're running all five at the end of the year, then everyone was effective and healthy. Yeah, I well, does that also mean that any of the prospects just did not do so well? They couldn't come up. Like you know, you already have there's Pilkington. So many guys. There is, there is. I mean, there's Pilkington, there's Savali. I mean, does Cantillo factor in? Like that's that's another question. 
do you, I mean, if none of those guys end up making their debut this year, I mean, Pil- Gaddis and Curry right. and, and Pilkington already have pitched. And I mean, I'm not saying they won't make a, a debut. Long. I'm just saying that, like, if, if your five-man roto is to say a five-man roto and you get guys popping in for rest or for, you know, slight things here or there, then that's a really positive sign. I think, again, that has more to do with health than and performance than anything that the younger guys do. Do the Guardians win the division if that happens? If the, if the same starting five now is is healthy in April to or in, in September together? Yes, because then that means they were effective enough that they didn't have to go get one of their multitude of young guys. Because it would take like six young players underperforming, uh, you know, yeah. if someone is bad to to not have at least one guy to step in. So yeah, I think if that's the case, then you make it. Fran Mills eyebrow, our buddy Lamboli on Twitter. Uh, we've we've already pretty much addressed this. I think I think we did it a couple episodes ago, and we've just talked about it on our own. But uh, we could probably provide some updates, or at least maybe some new theories based on the happenings with the TV situation. What three players make the most sense for extensions this spring? What do you predict those extensions look like? Well, the TV thing does make a difference, right, Jeff? The TV. I, yeah. I think the fact that there's not a contract for TV beyond this year, or they might not even get their money this year, or they won't get all of it. I would say that we, we've said before that the three that make the most sense are Quan, McKen- Quan Jimenez, and McKenzie, and probably in that order. Um, I think the only one they, I think, I think they get, maybe get one done. I think they get Quan done or Jimenez done. I'd like to see him get Jimenez done because he could go up a lot in arbitration, and he's getting close to arbitration. Whereas Quan's got another couple of years to go, and he will not be as expensive through arbitration unless things change. So. Um, I would flip the order to Jimenez has to be the most important one to get done. And then you got Quan and, and McKenzie, but I, I only think they get one done. I don't think they're going to get three of them done. I don't think they're going to get two of them done. Uh, and they can, and they can revisit the Quan one next year because of where he's at in the timeline. So Jimenez and McKenzie, I think make the most sense. And um, what was, what was the J, uh, Jason Kipnis one was one I brought up before, but he was a little bit older when he signed his, so I don't think it's going to be that that way for um, Jimenez. I think we're talking about we're talking about eighty million dollars or more for Jimenez. All right, I mean, Jimenez just keeps doing enough things, and now he's in the World Baseball Classic and kind of gained to show his skills even more. I, I part of me thinks that Jimenez is just not going to happen. happen. Like yeah, he, I agree after that. the year he had, he would be giving up so much money. Just bet on yourself think you can uh reproduce it hit free agency and go like i think jimenez is you know a a little bit of a i don't know if i want to say a pipe dream but i i just think that it is unlikely that it's gonna happen um i agree in the the grand scheme because he's he's close to getting paid you know he's he was i believe a relatively big bonus baby so it's not like he had million yeah you know you know it's not like he's someone who like kwan was significantly less so i I think it's Quan. I, I still think an underrated one is is Trevor Steffen. Um, after what he did a year ago with the general cost of relievers, as we saw in the open market, with him being a little bit older, having been a Rule 5 pick, um, if you feel like you can lock him into a cheap deal, it just increases his value exponentially, even if you decide to later on trade him. And um, and I think, you know, I they've never been one to, to talk with prospects, but that'd be interesting to see if, like, if they would approach someone like Tanner Vibe and that would be the first guy who is like the prospect that they give, like, you know, like one of those eight year contracts to, because it, it's very clear that they like him nearly as much as we do. But speaking of things we like, let's talk about 
uh, one of the fantastic sponsors on this show and one of my personal favorites. And you should know what that means. And I say personal favorite, it is time for some Built Bar. And right now, their new mint brownie puff. That sounds amazing to me. Uh, I want to, I'm hoping they'll send me a sample. I might have to reach out and buy one soon. Uh, I'm currently all out. Uh, the other flavors of note, brownie batter puff, now gluten-free, double chocolate, new and improved, coconut marshmallow, salted caramel, peanut brownie peanut butter brownie cookies and cream all are fantastic i love everything at built bar i'm still sad i missed out on animal crackers when that came through uh you don't want to miss out though so check out built bar and if you don't feel like placing an order i get it you can go to sam's club or walmart today go to the pharmacy section you can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puff uh, at your nearest walmart or you can get a 13 bar mixed box with uh, brownie batter and churro flavors from Sam's Club. So go to either of those places. And if you do go to the website, remember to use that promo code LOCK15 to save 15%. All right, back to the questions. Our friend Arthur on Twitter uh, wants to know, do you foresee the Guardians making trades to clear up the shortstop glut, or will they let the Rule 5 draft work? It's roster-clearing magic. Well, I think Rule 5 ahead for this year is not quite – it's pretty weak. So yeah. the guys that are already on the roster are not going to be a problem. I don't think middle infield, like I'm trying to think who I don't have the list up and I mean, like a, a Spino, eligibility as better yeah, than anybody. You know, Espino and Allen were the, like the, or the, the guys they have to add. And then it's like, you know, how much, when we've talked, you buy into maybe Gabby Rodriguez coming in and forcing it. But other than that, there was not a whole lot of guys. The Latin American group was great. The high school players, um, you know, from like, like from you know the rest of the guys from that Espino class, and then the college guys from the Logan Allen class. It's like you're not protecting Tanner Burns. You know, you're not Mason Hickman's going to be interesting, but he's one of those guys that could be a um, you know like some of the guys they lost this year if he continues to show a little bit more in the move to the pen. Um, you know, maybe Mike Capriz, depending on how he performs. But yeah, it's not a group. Uh, you know, I just go through like. Juan Benjamin, you know, it's, it's a relatively big name. If you know, the Latin stuff was probably the biggest guy in that 23 class or in the, they would be available in this class or Jose Pastrano. Like those, I believe are the two biggest names and neither have really lit things up. Uh, You know, and then after Espino, it's Jordis Valdez, Christian Cairo were the prep guys. Those hasn't gone well, you know, and it's hasn't gone terrible, but it also, they're not on any top 35 list for a reason. Yeah, I mean, Juan, Juan Benjamin is probably too low in the system to qualify at this point. I don't know if he'll break out enough to get there. Aaron Bracho is past, you know, being a potential for that. Um, so you're talking about guys that are already past eligible that could what, break like back out. Josh like Wolf or um, Isaiah Green, right? Is Isaiah Green in as well, maybe? Or was he last year? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just looking at the the 2023 rule rule five guys. Like it's just Kate not. Smith a, could be interesting. I think Cade Smith. Well, Cade Smith to me either gets on the roster, or he gets taken. Uh, he will not um, make it back if that's the case. Or um, he's a Nick Miklajak, and you know it's not really. Well, gonna, yeah. If he know. depend, he, if he if he takes a step back again this year, yeah. which that would be disappointing. But uh, you know, there are a bunch of relievers: Trey Benton, uh, Tanner Burns. Um, yeah, it's in like Luis Fernando was another like Latin, the Latin American Wilfredo Antunes. There we go. There's someone else who that's, yeah, that's a guy um, that would be 
yeah, I think you would see need to get added. I, I mean, you might list him third behind the two pitchers right now in terms of this, but it's, I mean, I would be shocked. You'd have to have a lot of guys really break out and perform well this year to add four guys. Like, I don't think there's going to be four additions at the end of the year. No, they're not going to be in dire straits this year no. for adding rule five. Backs. But I said this last offseason, I said, there's no way they can end the year with Arias and Freeman and Jimenez and Martinez and, Rocchio and, and Tana and, and Rosario all on the 40. Well, Rosario will be gone at the end of the year, presumably. Look, yeah. if they – I don't want to get into the, this debate, but yeah. if – let's just say if. I'm not saying they're going to. If, you know who you are if you're listening to this. If, for some reason, Cleveland extends Ahmed Rosario, there's no way you're not trading one of those shortstop prospects at that yeah. point. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to. I'm just saying either at the end of the year, Ahmed is off the 40-man roster because he's a free agent, or if they sign him – one of those guys has to get traded. So you'll have one less guy on the roster, possibly two at that point. And, and like, just looking at the roster, it's like Bell, Ahmed, Zanino. Those three are gone. Well, and, yeah, they're all you gone. Know, you had Espino, you had Antunez, you had Logan Allen. And then, you know, we see if, um, if, uh, if Kate can have a breakout, but it's like other than him, you're really betting on some, some big guys taking a step forward. I am, you know, I mentioned on the show, I don't know, uh, Maybe we'll again we'll kick this for later, but it's like I think we can eventually look and maybe discuss like if there's a trade that makes sense. Because again, I, I go and I look at San Diego right now. San Diego has on uh, roster resource Ruffin Odour as their backup infielder on a non-roster invitee. Uh, Jose Azucar and Adam Ingle are their backups. They are paper thin They're in bad. San Diego. Um, the starters and, you know, are good, thankfully. <laughs> I mean, they're there. counting on Matt Carpenter in their outfield at age 37. Now, again, that won't stick once uh, Tatis yeah. is healthy, but still, 37-year-old Matt Carpenter is an important part of their plan. So you, there, there are ways for them to maybe go and find an interesting, like uh, San Francisco could maybe be an interesting partner um, just because, you know, they, they really tried to get rid of 36-year-old Brandon Crawford. That didn't work out. I don't know if they have yeah. a necessarily you know i guess mario uh, luciano is their shortstop of the future but oh, he's a bit far away and he's hurt right there. now yeah yeah he's hurt he's hurt he, he is a shortstop, short, yeah right? yeah but yeah uh, let's let's move on uh well yeah we will do next week maybe next yeah. week we'll talk about trade possibilities to see how they can clear the 40-man roster all right our buddy uh Lindsay over at locked on mlb prospects make sure you're listening to that show after you listen to locked on guardians uh which college pitcher this year? You're going to love Jeff's take on this. Which college pitcher in this year's draft are y'all going to make into an absolute monster? And why is it Sean Sullivan from Wake Forest? So we're going to we're going to get into okay. a little bit of draft so, talk right so, here. Jeff's going to go so off. I'm going to rant. Uh, it is absolutely, positively, 100% not Sean Sullivan. And you don't want to draft pitchers from Wake because Wake is a pitching factory. And you're like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. It does. Cleveland targeted Florida for a reason. Those pitchers were underdeveloped. And they knew they could get more out of them. They target players that will be turned into monsters who have been, you know, haven't gotten the right development, haven't been coached up. They maybe see a pitch or something mechanically. Wake Forest's pitching program is better than Kansas City's right now. Wake's pitching program is better than multiple major league teams. So when you get a guy from Wake, he's maxed or near maxed. And look what, what's happened. Ryan Cusick and Jared Schuster have both decreased in value. The Wake pitchers, yeah, they dominate because it's such a good developmental program, but then they get in the pros and it's like, oh, other guys start passing them. So, I mean, Sullivan and these other guys that perform great in college, Rhett Lauder is someone who's probably 
you know, right now people are him in the top 20, but it's also interesting. Like Ryan Cusick went a lot later than people were saying he would go. Like there were people projecting he would go and just outside the top 10, he went to the twenties. Schuster was a little bit, uh, he ended up being drafted, I think a little higher um, than many expected, but I think in general, like people are catching on to this and Cleveland won't touch a wake arm for that reason. I would think because there's not that developmental room they love. Um, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's Sean Sullivan at all. And I'm not alone in this. I've seen at least one other draft person talk about like, I wouldn't touch a wake arm because honestly, a good chunk of teams don't have, I mean, players are going to wake pro players in the off season to work at that facility. It's turning into like the college version of driveline and yeah, it's not wake and Cleveland. I would be shocked if they went for a wake guy personally, um, you know, fun one might be, I'm blanking on the pitcher from Rutgers. Um, I, oh, I, I know exactly at his numbers, but I feel like, you know, a cold weather under the radar arm um, could be good. Um, TJ Nichols at Arizona could be good because he was a transfer, right? Yeah. And Arizona is a terrible environment for pitchers. It's the same thing. Like I've been the high, I've been the high man on Kyle Bradish since he was at either New Mexico or New Mexico State. I'm sorry if you're a fan of one of those. I know they're rival schools. But it's like if you can pitch in an environment where you are set up to fail, that is a sign to me that you're going to be successful. Uh, it's the opposite of my Jeff Hoffman corollary, which is, you know, if you're in a situation where you should dominate and you don't, that's a big old red flag. So if you're in an environment where you should not dominate and you are, you need to pay attention. In Arizona and New Mexico are places that are just terrible to pitch in. It's also listen, Joe Lampy can totally prove me wrong. I bet he will prove me wrong. The more I watch him, the more I like him. But did I have a, am I schoolist? I think I am. I think I'm a little schoolist against Arizona when it comes to hitters. So um, I'll put that out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got to look and kind of dive into some more of these fun names and performers and see who is that pitcher in the Northeast who's going to be like Austin Peterson was for me a year ago where I, I put it together. And I mean, the Tanner, nice Hall. About, Tanner Hall, I think, um, was it, is it Mazada is the guy I was talking about beforehand. The other They're Southern Miss, Southern guy. Miss yeah. guy. Um, you know, there's a few ones that stand out. Uh, I, I want, I, I'm looking forward to getting like two more weeks of data in and then really kind of diving into this. But yeah, I, I would say the opposite of Lindsay here that wake is a no go. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm kind of with you there. And I, I like watching Wake Forest, they've got a ton of great players on yes. that roster. Right? I mean, and, and to be fair, you're not saying like, oh, these aren't good pitchers. There are good pitchers. It's just there's no juice left to squeeze out of them when they get to the pros. Like you're not taking a guy that that has uh, good stuff in college and like all of a sudden he is a freak. You're talking about guys, like you said, it's like driveline. Guys are going there. Uh, Wake Forest rotation is absolutely loaded. If you And by the way, I, I if you want us to talk more about college baseball, we absolutely will. Jeff laps my knowledge and all this stuff, but yeah. as the I, as the I year goes on, would love to talk Kyle Teal for for our listener Aaron. Yeah, is Kyle Teal is is I know he's a Virginia guy, but he struck out two times so far in fifty plate appearances. You want to see a Guardians type? Yeah, Guardians type. But just just look at the colleges that Cleveland is drafted from. Like, okay, Logan Allen, FIU, not a huge program. Uh, I guess Auburn, uh, Auburn is not not a. I mean, it's it's all right for baseball, but it's not huge. It's not like a competition wise, it's good. Yeah, but it's not yeah, like the SEC. Right. I mean, Ole Miss, same thing. Uh, Ole Miss is pretty to, solid. Like, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Carolina is, has gotten yeah. better, but like they, uh, Florida they State has there. been an utter disappointment. Yeah, Oklahoma, Florida, like you said. Yeah, Oklahoma State, uh, 
they had like three transfers and nobody, I mean, Justin Campbell didn't gain like hardly any velocity in school. Like no one should. That's why, honestly, you want to know who the sleeper is? It's We had talked about this off air. It's Jerron Watts Brown, mm-hmm. who was great on the Cape, uh, has four pitches, good secondary offerings, plus athlete. It's huge. And, yeah. And he's, you know, has all the tools and he's at Oklahoma State that the Guardians have drafted from that is not always the best at maximizing tools. This is going to be in trouble someday. But uh, he is exactly their type, and they have no problem with a guy who's had a bad junior year. Yeah, they definitely have done that before. I mean, just look at the high school pitchers they took this year. It took Javier Santos Tejada and Gio Rivera, like community college guys. Those guys are developmental arms. They're not go- they weren't pitching somewhere that has already you know gotten them to that level. Uh, Georgia, I mean, Ryan Webb. Georgia's sent some guys in, in, the, in the draft. But Derek they Lewis fifth highest war all time. Right, right. So it's not like they produced a lot of great pitchers. So, yeah, Cleveland targets guys that are not maxed out in, in college. That's not to say they won't make those picks. I mean, if Cleveland feels like there is something to be added, they will absolutely do it. Maybe we don't see it. I don't know. Um, but they're not going to do it based on on that. I, I think we both agree Tanner Hall from Southern Miss um, winds up being the comp, comp round pick. For sure, and that's the Cardinals taken. That's true. The Cardinals have been years. You and I both thought he—he reminds me in so many ways of Ian, Ian Bedell. Bedell. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm just glad Cleveland didn't take um, Michael McGreevy the one year they did. That was the one place where the uh, the Cardinals looks pretty bad. I still believe. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, we got more questions ahead for you just after this. Yes. But first, we have to talk about one of our favorite sponsors. Those are the good friends over at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season has passed us, as a matter of fact. And now we are getting closer and closer to the playoffs. And it's the perfect time to join America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on anything imaginable. Uh, again, we've been saying bet the over on the Guardians. It seems like everyone agrees with us. So go bet the order on the Guardians if that's your thing. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't mess your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So more college baseball? More college baseball. <laughs> Uh, no, we could, we will, uh, again, if you want us to talk more college baseball, if you're interested in the draft, I know we'll definitely do that because obviously it would be a mistake not to have Jeff talk about the draft on here. I did, uh, last year it was the Wednesday show, like segment three was always college. I don't know if people want to bring that back. Um, I think we should. Discuss. It was always the third segment on Wednesday was like my chance. And the funny thing was my first one last year it was one of our first YouTube videos. You can go in the feed and find it where I talk Oklahoma state. I talk about all those transfers and I talk about Justin Campbell. So you can go here. Not to him before that. Not, year to bra- again. not to brag, not to brag. Uh, the other podcast I do, we had um, Peyton Battenfield on it last summer and we were talking draft and we'd mentioned Justin Campbell and talked about how he could be a future guardian. So um, if you, if we knew it, you knew it. So, um, well, I think we can bring college Tuesdays back to be honest or, th- or yeah. Thursdays or Fridays because, um, Cleveland does not have a game on Thursday, the first month of the season. So yeah. we could find the day to bring back college talk because we're going to need it when those days are off. But um, I'm going to be careful how I word this, but there is a sports betting site out there uh, that is not FanDuel. We're not going to say who it is, but it's not FanDuel. Um, 
they are the most popular pick to win the American League pennant right now at 24.6% of tickets. That is surprising. I don't know what the odds are. And FanDuel, last I checked, I think it was 2,300 to win the AL pennant for them. I'll check again real quick. Yeah, but- it's, you know, it's that thing, too, where it doesn't necessarily mean they're the the favorites. You know, the odds. You know, this is the when you get into the nitty gritty and you're like, okay, the best risk to pay out is with Cleveland. Um, you know, they are a team that basically what we've been saying on the show with every single ad read, which is the the totals don't represent what the metrics say. It doesn't represent what happened last year. And yes, it's going to be a harder road. The Twins, listen, the pitcher got the most starts for the Twins a year ago was Dylan Bundy. Uh, Three of their top five were not good, and they had health issues. The Twins are going to be a lot better. The White Sox will be better just by changing managers, and you no longer have that unbalanced schedule, so it's going to be a rougher road. But I think most of us also realize Cleveland's a better team, and they were a darn good team a year ago. And for anyone who doubted them, and they had a ton of doubters, and I kind of ran it on this show about, all the excuses and that being junk. It's like they're a legitimate team and they're better. And yeah, we're going to get, I have a topic for next week for us to get, in, uh, get into based off of this, but I just checked on FanDuel. They are, uh, it's plus 1200 for the guardians to win the AL pennant. Uh, I'm just very interested in, and in people liking that the best. It's good odds. And, uh, I don't know. I, uh, they should be an improved team, but you also, you never know. We'll get into that next week, but I thought that was really interesting to see. Kind of, kind of blew my mind what a popular pick they were uh, in some circles. Let's get back to the questions, though. Um, Landon, what are your MVP and Cy Young predictions? So I wasn't sure, Landon, if this was is this is this Cleveland specific? Is this league specific? Is it who are Cleveland's candidates for these awards? Jeff, how do you want to how do you want to approach this? Are you just going to want to want to outright pick who you think is going to win I these mean, awards? Like- and- if you're talking team, it's Jose and Shane and we can, or, or class a, you know, and then we can move on. I don't think there's a two. I mean, it's like on Jimenez and, and J Ram or class a and uh, Bieber, your dark horse being McKenzie and your dark horse hitter being like bell. Um, I think if you're talking whole league and I just focus on the American league here, uh, cause it's an American league show, uh, you know, it's like who's going to be the one to, to step forward in the, the Cy Young in terms of the pitching. Do you, do you have anyone who you think would be the guy or do you disagree with my quick assessment for Cleveland before I throw out no. mine? No, it's just it's just Bieber, Bieber, McKenzie and Classe are the only guys that would probably get votes. That's about it for pitching. Hitting wise, Jose and Bell. I mean, Jimenez got down ballot MVP votes mm-hmm. last year. I could see that again if he, you know, if, if he proves last year is not a fluke and he does it again, I don't see how he doesn't. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. There's really nobody else that would stand out for me. Josh Bell having a getting MVP votes in 2023 means a, a lot of good things for Cleveland, but it also means he likely is playing somewhere else in 2024. I mean, I think he's likely playing somewhere else unless he any unless he has a truly terrible year. He's likely playing yeah. elsewhere. But uh, is it kind of feel like it's late, but I feel like he does. All right. Have a Cy Young. I, I don't know. Am I back? Yeah. 
Okay. Were you saying I didn't hear you? So oh, I was just saying uh, Otani. I'm like, I don't know. He's got an MVP. He doesn't have a Cy Young yet. Feels like it's everything's building on him, you know, getting more and more. So I guess he's my lazy uh, American League. Uh, I'll say Cy Young and MVP. I'll just cut down on some time. I, I think for sure he could win both. I would actually love if he won both. And the, the funny thing is, even if he wins both, the Angels are still not making the playoffs. Like, no. he could win the MVP and the Cy Young. He, the Angels could miss the playoffs. Like, yeah, American League. Uh, well, Carlos Rodon's already hurt. That's that's a shame. Um, so not going to be cursed. a guy. Yeah, not, that's a curse. Kevin Gossman was pretty good last year. Um, He's well, got some balk issues how, with his movement. We'll see how that how, affects him. How many votes can you get in two months? On it? I mean, CC, all right, CC Sabathia got Cy Young votes when he got traded to the Brewers. So how many votes can – Corbin Burns get from August and September when he's trading. Uh, like I think <laughs> it, it's going to be when he ends the year in in, in Milwaukee, and then it, this is what's going to stink about this. So he's going to play in Milwaukee the whole year, and then we're going to have to wait for him to get traded before it, it's going to be the all the ace pitchers on the oh, trade market: Bieber Wa- thing. Woodruff and Bieber and Burns all sitting there, and teams trying to play Alcantara. them off. Each other. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that would be. That's why. That's why Cleveland just needs to go ahead and make the trade, so that way they can recoup the value, and they have two guys to market that way next year. I, I agree. So, I don't know. I mean, CC Sabathia did get some Cy Young votes for his time with the Brewers, although that's because he was pitching it once every three days, or on three days rest uh, down the stretch there that year. That helped uh, Cleveland get Michael Brantley. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a. Uh, I think the American League is probably more wide open. The National League to me is is. Uh, I know it's gonna be the same. It's gonna be the same against Alcantara. Yeah, Alcantara take Burns out of the equation. No, Um, Nola was good last year. Verlander's a mess. Good gunner boys. We'll definitely have our predictions for everything. I haven't like done the full dive down, but it'll be interesting to see. Like, I I'm not sure the the National League MVP is probably the one I'm the least convinced on. But moving through as we're going along on time. Yeah, uh, this is about it for us today. That was all the questions we've gone. You know, we're we're allowed to go a little bit longer during mailbag shows. We were told um, we don't have any extra things for this week. Uh, I will repost the um, talk I did with Sully on the World Baseball Classic. So if you're into that and you haven't got a chance to listen to it, you can check out our feed on Saturday. I'll have that posted on our Lockdown Guardians feed. Um, the chat I did with Sully on, on the World Baseball Classic. Make sure you check that out. Speaking. Oh, the WBC update. There were nobody playing. So there was nobody playing today, like as there was nothing to report on. As um, the first game was over, it was between um, Italy and Cuba. There are some other games going. Japan and China, nobody played for Cleveland. But the Czech Republic and China are playing right now. And Martin Cervenka is playing for the Czech Republic, former Cleveland catching prospect. Yeah, he got taken in. Was it the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft or was it the actual Rule 5 draft? No, he was... Minor league, right? I think it was just a minor... Yeah, I, th- I think what happened is San Francisco took him and then Baltimore... Or San Francisco signed him and then Baltimore like took him in the draft or something. I can't remember what happened, but it was an interesting setup. But uh, Martin Cervenka... Uh, I'll just say this. When we were in... When, back when he was playing in Cleveland as a minor leaguer, it was him and Francisco Mejia as the two catchers. And we would ask coaches about, you know, Mejia, because obviously he was a top prospect at the time and everybody was paying attention to him and his hitting streak, all that stuff. And the coaches would like 
they'd give you your answer on Mejia, but it would be like really quick. Whenever they coach's favorite. Yeah. Whenever, but if we, if you asked about Martin Savenka, the coaches would like go on for like 20 minutes about Martin Savenka. They loved him probably because he was a catcher and, you know, more of a future coach, but he's playing for the Czech Republic who, by the way, all those guys have um, like day jobs, they're teachers and mm-hmm. firefighters and lawyers. I don't know. It's really interesting. You Savenka can, was born in Prague in the Czech Republic. You know, I just, yeah, he's, know. he's an interesting guy. I'm rooting for him. Czech Republic. I, I don't think has a chance to win a world baseball classic game, but I, they're an interesting story just because nobody on their team is like a professional player. I don't think anymore. So, uh, and then it's 6 a.m. on Friday if you're getting up early. Uh, former Cleveland deep, deep sleeping sleeper arm for like a minute. wasn't wasn't a sleeper for long because he never really did pan out. But there were like a year or two there where he could have made himself a name. But his name is Xiao uh, Xing Shang. He is starting for Chinese Taipei or, or Taiwan, as it were, at 6 a.m. against Italy, who won the other day. So. Um, that is it for our World Baseball Classic update of the week. I, I want to throw one thing out there. Um, I don't know. Had you realized uh, that the catcher, whose name I don't want to butcher, who's on Chinese Taipei, did you know that he led Chinese Taipei in home runs last year? Kang Kwan Gilligila? Yeah, he was the wow. number one home run hitter in the Chinese Taipei uh, division. So uh, I'm, just, I'm, 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 I'm coming I'm just at you with World you it. Baseball Classic. I read that I'm, in the athletic. Oh I'm just glad we're getting you in in on this finally. Jeff is finally contributing to the World Baseball Classic update. I love it. I, yeah, go. I never, you know, I I liked him when he was with the team. He was a consummate professional. All right. Well, Jeff's having some internet issues here at the end of the show. Solid. Yeah, you're you're just kind of cutting in out, so we should probably. Just take it away from here and end the show. Um, how we end the show every day. Make sure you're you're downloading, listening, rating, reviewing. Uh, go back and watch the stuff from this week. The the episode on the um, history of Cleveland's black players in baseball, going back in the Negro leagues and in the American League. Um, very good stuff. Good research by Jeff. Um, yeah. So WBC. WBC. No, we'll end it the way we normally do. Go, go, Guardians, go.